Hello and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to liveaboard cruising. Okay, so this is our big reveal episode. Are you ready? I am. <laughs> yeah, so this is Stefan and I'm Holly, and uh, it's nice to meet everybody. But pretty much you know a lot about us already. We have been kind of revealing a lot as it is, except for our names and our boat name, really. But um, yeah, we'll get to that in a, in a bit. Maybe we can first, before we sort of dive in and, and talk a little bit about how we got all started in the beginning, which I got a chance to share in one of the earlier episodes, but I think it'd be good for you to share too, is maybe just kind of describe where we are right now in yeah. Italy. Well, we're anchored by an island called Panera. We hear some roosters in the background. Yeah, <laughs> roosters, and there might be boats that go by. Yeah. So Panera is part of a, a group of islands called the Ionian Islands, and just north of the coast of Sicily. Right. So we entered Sicily from Sardinia, which are, which was our um, Stuff Happens episode. And we talked about what happened in Sardinia. And then we went to Trapani and we checked in, got some fuel. We stopped at a couple anchorages along the way because we're completely avoiding marinas at this point as much as possible. No, it's, it's <laughs> not like we're completely avoiding it. It's more, it's just we what like we're looking for is yeah. just like, you know, anchorages that yeah. are, you know kind of a nicer nice yeah and secluded yeah so then we went to Cefalu Mm -hmm. which is this cute cutest little town Mm -hmm. in the world and and um, we can talk about our little experience Mm -hmm. there how did you like Cefalu I don't know the the town is is has a lot of character like it's uh, it's beautiful to walk in the streets um, so yeah, that, no, that was wonderful. Yeah, it was good, and the food was really great. And we were able to find some good vegan dining options. Um, we also found some eggplant parmesan. Yeah, which is not <laughs> well vegan. But it's not quite vegan, <laughs> but it's it's. I think in Italy, it's as close as you can get. So. Yeah. Stefan says, enjoy. we need to go to this little Italian deli. I'm like, there's no vegan charcuterie, you know, going on in there. And it actually turned out it was really, really good. They had a lot of different things, and it was it was actually really, really good. That was back in Trapani. Uh, well, oh, that's what yeah. that was? Mm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that that was a lot of fun. So then we anchored out in Tefalu, and we were able to take the dinghy in and out, and that was pretty easy. Wrong. Um, easy in the sense that I drop you by the stairs. It was easy for me. <laughs> of the dock, <laughs> well, of the pier, I should say. Yeah. And then you have two, you have rings where you can attach your dinghy, and and then from the dinghy, you have at least six feet to climb up onto the onto the pier. Yeah, but you're six feet tall, so you're over Yeah, six yeah. So, uh, you know, and then when you come back, to your boat, you have to do the opposite and climb back down six feet to get on your dinghy. So anyway, always kind of yeah, it was it was nice. It was a really cool little town and uh, lots of people. It sort of felt like for the first time you were actually it was still summer and people were out and about and stuff. I mean, there weren't a ton of people or a lot of crowds, and we were really good about wearing our face masks as well. So that was that was really good. Yeah, and, and very few 
tourists, like foreign tourists. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed like, I mean, obviously it's like mid-September, um, so it was lots of Italian-speaking yeah. people, yeah. which makes sense. But yeah, that was yeah, cool. it, it definitely felt like we were in a kind of nice yeah. little place. And Trapani wasn't wasn't anything much. Uh, we and we stopped, and you know, we put our trash in the dinghy, and we show up at the dock, and we kind of you know talk to the guy about where we can put our dinghy, and we take our trash in, and we throw it in the garbage can, and we walked around, we did some stuff, we got some food, um, reprovisioned a little bit, uh, as we said, and then came back to the boat, and our trash was back in our dinghy. Yeah. And so I asked the guy, well, is there any place we can put it? And, you know, I'm happy to pay or whatever. And he's like, no, no trash. And I was like, like, what do you mean? There's a ton of boats here because it's a like a it's a spot where people stop. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, no, only people that live here get to put their trash. So we drove around to the other side of the other side of the dock and we're able to find. So that was just kind of Which kinda we had to do to go to a chandlery and then pick up then we found some trash over this there. This is really weird. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an island. Um, it makes sense maybe that yeah. it's not easy or I don't know what the process is for mm-hmm. trash. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was interesting when you come back to your dinghy and, and then you have a trash bag in it. Yeah, that was really is that weird. Is trash bag? Is that our bag? Is that somebody <laughs> else's sure bag? Like, what happened? Trash can. No, they took the whole bag and they took it out of the garbage can we put it in, which wasn't uh-huh. full. And yeah, that yeah. was that. Okay, so then, so back to uh, Chefalu. So we're anchored in Chefalu. We go to bed. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, I hear two guys outside our boat, literally right outside. And I thought, oh my gosh, maybe they're just in a dinghy or whatever. And I pop my head out the and top. And that was at 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, 3 o'clock in the morning. I pop my head out, and there's a naked guy standing on the transom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I was swimming over there. Because you see that beach over there? And we were just skinny dipping, and I thought we thought it would be fun to swim out here. I'm like, why are you talking to me? Mm-hmm. Like, you need to get off my boat. And so he jumped back in the water, and they kind of stepped you know, kept talking and stuff. And then you came up here. Yeah, I mean, I put some shorts on, grabbed the flashlight, and by the time I came outside, they were already in the water. And I'm not sure what language... They were not Italian. They're not sure what language they were speaking between each other, and but they were speaking pretty good English and, and the same thing. And I'm starting to talk to him, and, and he says, you know, he, was, he wanted to engage in a conversation. He wants to, like, have a conversation. It's like, like, just get off the boat. Yeah, get off the boat. <laughs> what are you and, doing? And, and we were anchored 300 meters from the beach. So it was not just, like, a short yeah. swim at 3 a.m. in the morning. So it was very strange. It was very strange. And... Yeah. and and um, we sort of, it was so strange, actually, that we thought maybe it was a front, you know, like they come out, they swim out naked, they want to steal a paddleboard or whatever. And then, and then if they get caught, then they just say, oh, we were just, you know, skinny dipping or whatever. It's really weird. Could have been that. <laughs> could have been that they're just... Skinny dipping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe, it didn't sound drunk, but yeah. who knows? Yeah, who knows? And then we went to a little anchorage in in Lapari. Mm-hmm. Speaking of drunk people, and some canoers, a canoer came out and was like, "Hey, do you have any alcohol?" And we're like, "No." Yeah, there's actually, a little hut on the beach, and I'm not sure what they yeah what they do in there or what they sell. But at some point, yeah, this guy came, hit our boat with with his, his kayak, kayak, and and then and then he's like. 
Italian? It's like, no. <laughs> but he says, like, vino. Yeah, he's like, vino. And we're like, no. No. And I'm like, dude, you're hitting the boat with the kayak. <laughs> and then and then instead of, like, paddling, like, backward, he's just, he just pushing his kayak away from the boat by pushing the With the paddle. paddle. Yeah, it was really weird. And I'm yeah. like, really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then another guy came out the next... Was it later yes. that afternoon? Yeah, later. Yeah. later. And he was definitely... Uh, really drunk and wanted to pay with pebbles or something. I don't know. It was, it was weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, so then that kind of sums it up. So we're at a little, um, Island called Panera, like Panera bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guess that's it. And we're going to Stromboli, which is an active volcano, which is also another interesting tidbit. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we had some friends out that we had met through um, our Facebook group for our boat, and they came out to visit for a couple of days. That was a lot of fun. It was actually really nice to have different people on the boat instead of yeah. like us talking well, to each other the whole time. And the fun part is we met uh, in Liketo last year when mm-hmm. there was this uh, FP Sauna 47 kind of meetup meet with yeah. three or four boats that showed up. and. And at the time, we didn't have our boat, and they still don't have their boat, but it's coming in February. And uh, so we met over there. And so it's kind of fun. And then a year later, we're meeting in Sicily, but different parts of Sicily. Mm -hmm. And and then we'll most likely see each other back in the U.S. Yeah. Um, So It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, It's 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 kind of... We were talking about how cool the community was. People just in general are really nice. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so... um, yeah, so let's get your perspective, Stefan, on the how it all started, like how this whole thing started to unfold. Because um, I think we never we n- never shared your point of view on that. Oh, and so that's like going back in way time. Way back in time. Way back, yeah. I mean, I guess it goes way back to um, I come from Brittany, northwest part of France. It's very um, it's surrounded by the coast and um and so there's a lot of uh, fishing and sailing and when i grew up there was a lot of um um like like short-handed sailing racing uh, across the uh, the atlantic ocean around the world and and so i was fascinated by that and then when i eventually was able to start to learn sailing um, I took on sailing lessons and and started sailing small boats and bigger boats and got into racing and racing in San Francisco Bay and racing on the coast and racing to Hawaii offshore and and then when that kind of like there was the end of that phase and um, and we met and and then the shift kind of there was a shift I guess of from racing to more cruising life. And in the early, I mean, I guess you, I don't remember. Do you remember exactly the conversation we the, had when we first, first met? first conversation, I don't, but it makes sense that we'll have shared. I can't believe you don't remember that. That uh, I've had this dream that when my kids were still young to take them out of this bubble where we were living mm-hmm. and, um, and go uh, cruising for a year. And I would have been cruising from San Francisco Bay down the coast all the way to Mexico 
and then cross the Pacific Ocean to the French Polynesian Island and then come back through Hawaii and then Seattle. And, and that's kind of a year if you follow the So that was ways. what you were telling me when we first... Yeah. And that was our first meeting. Yeah. Like, you know, because we, we met for coffee. We met online. We met for coffee. And uh, we were having this conversation. I remember being totally fascinated by this idea. Like, who does that? And you're explaining... You know, that quite a few people actually live on boats and, mm. and, and sail like this and live like this. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. And I don't remember, I mean, exactly when I started thinking about this, but I was reading the local magazine, like Latitude 38, and you see all these mm-hmm. stories about people cruising and you start, you know, picturing, say, oh, that's what you can do. So that was probably like 10 years plus before we met when I started mm-hmm. thinking about this. And, and then that never happened. Um, then got divorced and then kind of put that dream totally aside, not thinking about this anymore, at least in for the time being. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you got interested and I think you could relate on the side that you kind of were more... Um, I guess you had more experience with more water, like sports. I like to travel, and you know, I, I had done a lot of houseboating and camping and fishing, and you know, things like those kind of boat things. Mm-hmm. Um, more rustic, I guess, not sailing oriented, and uh, you know, um, water skiing and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was like, wow, I could kind of, yeah. Well, and then at the time, I still had my. Um, 24 foot sailboat, like a more 24, which I had um, uh, raced to Hawaii, double-handed, um, and uh, so I still had it. And at the time, the kids were young, and uh, so this boat was like perfect for. <laughs> it was very very small, has no particular uh, amenities inside. It was just a shell with two bunks, and it had it. no toilet. No, Let's be clear, no nothing. It had like a bucket. That was the thing. So, but we used it for day sales, and then we also used it for um, kind of like um, week trips inside the the bay and up the delta towards Stockton. And and we called it boat camping. Boat camping. Because we have friends in um, in Discovery Bay, and they have a dock, and we were able to leave the boat at the dock. And every two weeks, we will just uh, go back there. Yeah, that was one summer we did that. Yeah. uh, So, so we kind of like there was a next progression right. to um, to basically use the more 24 for day sails and boat camping and on the water and and uh, so then the, the next logical step was you know this boat was not really perfect <laughs> for you know well yeah so i explained the story how i i realized one day if if you fell off the boat we would have a real problem in in the San Francisco Bay even sailing because I wouldn't know anything about what to do because I was just sort of I would grab the the tiller and you'd, you'd be like here grab the tiller and if you don't like what the boat's doing just pull it towards you like that's pretty much this well, my a, sailing experience at this at the time if, if yeah, you yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Something or, yeah yeah and so I I kind of was like hmm I think I probably should learn how to how to sail and so we decided you know and by that time we were a couple we were like you know serious and so we sold your boat mm-hmm. and we bought a um a membership to uh, Club Nautique, which is in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and they have the sailing lessons. 
And so I was going to sign up for sailing lessons, and then you decided to sign up too, which was like, why would you do that? I still, like, what was the reason? Well, because I thought it makes sense that we learn together. Obviously, But you already knew. <laughs> well, I, like, I, I'm in basic kill boat. You're I, like, what are you doing here? Uh, yeah, maybe. No, I, I think I skipped the first like basic lesson. But after that, I, uh, all the first or two uh, basic lessons. But after that, I joined. And I thought, well, I mean, I, I obviously know how to sail. But I looked at it from uh, racing, like, point of view so making the boat fast and it's more about the focus is on boat trim the boat and trim mm -hmm. the sails and and uh, learn about the wind currents and stuff but uh, not so much about you know uh, passage planning or you know learning about the systems of the boat and and if I were going to uh, if I we mean because your racing boat didn't even have an engine no an outboard just you know mm -hmm. so so I thought well it'll be fun for us to do it together so after whatever lesson we can talk about you know what we learn or help you make sense of things that maybe you know we had just experienced and be able to to share that together and and if we were going to continue taking lessons to get different certification inside the club in order to take bigger and bigger boats and mm -hmm. take the bigger boats outside the San Francisco Bay Area, then it kind of makes sense also to learn their curriculum mm -hmm. and how they want things to be done. And mm -hmm. so it was kind of a, a logical thing to mm -hmm. me. And, yeah, uh, so we did the, I did the keelboat, basic cruising. I think there's one and two, um, bareboat cruising. And there may have been a one and two for that. I don't remember. And then um, we took a coastal navigation, which is really hard. Um, but that was then where we could um, bare boat charter any boat. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't need coastal navigation for that, but we needed the bare boat, whatever, to charter boats. And then we started chartering boats for vacations and mm -hmm. and had friends come and and stay on the boat, which was like great experience and also super fun and really affordable because, you know, everybody kind of split the cost so we could do what we wanted to do a little bit and, and check it out. And so the chartering piece of it was, I think, really not only good learning experience, but, you know, a lot of fun for vacations. Yeah, I mean, we started because the club was a sailing club teaching you, like through you, a sailing program, but they were also having boats that you could charter right like exactly private boats and so we started basically doing weekends and day sales day and, sales, and yeah, uh, chartering first. those boats first and then i kept going to uh, something called coastal passage making right and uh, once you have that then you can take the boats outside the golden gate which was kind of the goal to be able to go to monterey and santa cruz and mm -hmm. other places like this so we've we've done first a lot of charters through the through the club and then we decided to look for warmer places and more kind of beautiful waters and and um so that's when we uh we started to organize the first charter in in belize and and um at the time i think that was a 38 foot catamaran which, and we thought it was so big yeah we had eight people on yeah. board and for a week and it was it was great big. nobody complained nobody complained <laughs> and yeah. now it seems like we're in 47 foot and it seems like 38 will be so tiny but uh so it all just comes down to storing stuff you know yeah. like where stuff goes 
So then we started, yeah, to do more and more charters, and and um, so that was fun. We uh, made new friends this way, and we kept mm-hmm. learning, um, you know, mm-hmm. cruising in different places and mm-hmm. and learning about both systems. Mm-hmm. So, and then you you got your RYA certification too. So that was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time we were thinking, oh, maybe it would be interesting that we bring on couples uh, to do some passages with us and we will share basically what we've been sharing through the podcast and you know the, the questions you ask yourself which, right should you buy a monohull or catamaran because you know, should you- we couldn't and the reason we were explaining this is which are thinking through this is we thought there were not a lot of resources that talked about you know what you should consider or think about or how to transition or what kind of boat do you want um very few i think mm-hmm. of people like us and that's what you're describing like we thought that would yeah, be... we thought we went through this phase of like researching and asking ourselves questions, and and we thought, well, there are other couples out there mm-hmm. uh, that want to have the similar dream, and and then also for you, you know you get a chance, it's easier to charter monoholes, you know, mm-hmm. where you leave, and and then when you go into those you know more exotic places, it's typically a catamaran, but. Until then, you don't really have a chance to sail in a catamaran and get a feel for it. So there, there was a lot of things that we went through. We thought it would be good for us to be able to share. Then mm-hmm. we, those couples could come on board and potentially we could make an income um, uh, doing well, this. Well, at least have it not be so spe- expensive for us to do what we were doing. Yeah. yeah. And so at the time... The idea was like, well, maybe I should get like my uh, RYA master certification because that's more recognized worldwide compared to U.S. sailing. Um, and then I had a time limit because the, my last race to Hawaii, you needed at least 2,500 miles or something. And then so I came to like 10 years, within the last 10 years. So so it was, okay, we haven't figured out that plan, but let me do this certification. And in case we pursue this plan, then I'll have that certification. And if we don't pursue this plan, then I will have acquired new knowledge. Yeah, and, yeah. And so that might be useful. So, I don't know, looking back, it was a lot of work and lots of It was of a time. lot of work and you crammed and it was hard, yeah. <laughs> and then flying to Nova Scotia and, and you know, that was like yeah. pretty intense a uh, few months. Yeah. Um, so, but and we didn't even get a break on the insurance for that. Yeah, the, the other thinking was, yeah, if yeah. you have more like certification, qualifications, whatever, that the insurance will give you a break. And in the end, it's, you know, I think... Because of all the hurricanes and all the things, they've increased their prices and they don't really want to give discounts yeah. for anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. So, but do you remember where I was going with this question sort of in the beginning? Is Do you remember the exact moment, though, where we sort of flipped a switch from... Why? Oh, this will be fun, and someday this, and when we retire, and someday that. Do you, do you remember the exact moment when it was like, okay, we're doing it? Well, the well, first, I think the next phase after taking those classes, or during mm-hmm. while we were taking those classes, we started watching those YouTube videos, and and then there was this. Uh, uh, I mean, there was obviously we've watched, you know, the Delos and everybody the, watches the yeah. and and those channels early in the early days. But I th- the remember, winds out chasing stars. Yeah, yeah I think but there's a whole I think bunch we of started with this uh, this channel with couple 
I think their boat was called Honeymoon. Now they're like the sailing family or something. They have three sons. And they document, they bought a catamaran, and then they sailed from the West Coast, if I recall, the way to Australia or New Zealand. And they were kind of documenting this also. And so I remember we started watching those videos on YouTube. And, and then you start getting a feel for oh yeah i mean that's lifestyle is interesting you know you well see it all looks people. great yeah you see other people yeah. doing it and then suddenly you see well why, why not us and but the i don't know if there was like a specific time where suddenly okay let's do this besides let's go to the annapolis boat show the at the time we were very much looking at the Helia, so the Fontaine Peugeot um, uh, Helia 44, and we were also followed because there were a couple boats, couple YouTube channels, Cheeky Monkey and Out Chasing but- Stars. And I think, you know, to me, it's like it's what we were watching this, we we're very much looking at this boat, and suddenly at the Annapolis boat show, this, the new, like the Sauna 47, so the, the bigger brother of the 44, was going to be in the U.S. for the first time. So I remember, okay, let's go there without, you know, I don't think at the time we had committed. I, we were definitely very, very interested in pursuing this dream. But that was, to me, like the trigger. Then suddenly we see those two boats, and then that decision is being made where you say, okay, but that was about the boat. I'm I'm actually so interested because we even to go to the boat show, we had made a commitment by that time because we were already building a financial plan. I don't know if you remember all this. You don't remember no. all this. And I think because, it was at a different phase also. I don't remember like um, uh, what year exactly, but I was also going through my divorce. My kids were or, or had gone through divorce. <laughs> um, my kids were still young and focusing on, the, on my kids. And your kids were getting in the age where they were uh, close to like leaving high school or leaving high school. So I know at one point I was you were starting to look forward because your kids were moving out and I was still in a kind of a different parenting time uh, phase that I was going through. So I think you took the lead on this um, and that's kind of what you do anyway. (laughs) When you have a goal, you start doing research and planning and so forth. And so I think initially you were taking the lead on this. And then I was kind of like, well, I'm busy. <laughs> My mind is somewhere else, but I'm interested. And then the boat show to me was then, okay, what do we do? Like, you know, do we come back? Um, and then you're like, let's put the money down. And then, and that was like, oh, okay. Now that that's hmm. that becomes like real. Because how I remember it is. Um we were talking about this. We were watching videos, and it was just a. It was an interest we had. Mm-hmm. And then um, we had an accident in our family, and um, it shook us to the core. It mm-hmm. shook me to the core, and it made us realize, you know, this. Oh, later, later, later. Business like you may not ever see later Mm -hmm. and in that moment i like sort of for me i was like if we're gonna do this like we have to do this Mm -hmm. and i was sort of kicking and screaming because i had all these other career aspirations and so i mean do you remember those conversations no i do i do and and that's true um you always hear about stories of other people in the news and and suddenly when it things hits happen you, yeah um you know you know 
everybody says life is too short and life can you never know can yeah take a turn in an instant but you're saying this and you're going on by with your day but when it hits home and um yeah that's that's uh i mean obviously my mind and my focus because you were totally else. focused on what was going on in that moment you know because yeah. because it, it, I, I had it to directly involved you yeah but i think yeah for you it was a combination i think your kids were moving out and then this happened and then that was like probably for you like the trigger i was like we're doing it yeah like, and yeah. for me it was like yes but my mind is you were right overwhelmed yeah, yeah with the and, and as it should be right and then and then a year went by and then um by that time i had kind of done a lot of the the financial analysis i think mm-hmm. And I came back. I remember, I can picture it in my head exactly when it was. Because mm. um, I was in my office. I think I'd gotten up early because I, I couldn't sleep and I wanted to like look at the numbers again and again and again. And you were still in bed. You were still asleep. And I crawled up in bed and I looked at you and I said, this is going to happen. Like, we can make this happen. And you were like, what? <laughs> and <laughs> that's why I don't remember. I was half asleep. <laughs> no. And so that's when we planned to go to the boat show. Like that's when mm. it could sort of happen. So, yeah, I mean, it's a combination of, of just realizing, um, you know, that, that life is precious. And everybody we talk to about, you know, their timing, they've all said their only regret is not doing it sooner. Yeah. And that's and like a total consensus Cons- yeah, yeah that's like consistent feedback yeah. so you know that kind of kept us so um but i did waver you know it's like we were down this path we were having this plan and then you know things come up at work and i feel this massive guilt like i should be living you know i should be here here it is like i paid for my kids college and stuff and i did what i set out to do financially on that and then you feel like oh well i should i need to just keep working and keep making money and saving money and making money a society working and working and you know why would i step out now at the prime of my career and that was really Mm-hmm. rough and yeah. and that's where those videos are helpful or those podcasts you mm-hmm. listen from other people because society and every day tells you because the, your neighbors and everything is kind of more standard living and you're you're like you're not living near with other people were doing some living their dreams especially or not at this time so you're like oh that looks weird yeah um, but then you watch those youtube videos you listen to podcasts of people you know sailing related or not mm-hmm. who are living their dream and then trying to figure out how they can make a living to support themselves and, yeah and suddenly you know those conflicts you see between what i should be doing per right standard society and then what those other people are doing out there uh you know help you to just be like okay let's think outside the box yeah and you know even financially to make it happen you know what i've what i've now experienced because yesterday was literally my last day on payroll like as we're doing this podcast Mm -hmm. Um, Welcome to the club. I know. I'm, I'm officially unemployed as, as of today. You know, I had all these work commitments because my company I was at was a cybersecurity company. It in I was I was gonna I was gonna uh, take off because we had the timing kind of come out for the boat, 
And then our company announced that it was getting purchased and spun off um, by a different investor. And then, you know, had to make sure I was staying through the close of that contract and, you know, dealing with a lot of things at work, I think, to make sure that there was an easy transition for people and this and that. Um, But what I've you know, we kind of had this idea initially about like, how are we going to make money on the boat? And Mm -hmm. we were focused on what other people were doing, making money on the boat. Like how would we support ourselves? And then in the financial planning, we realized it was a combination of how we were sort of managing our assets. Um, And, you know, we talked about the Tahoe house being also a vacation rental and um, also some things sort of... But at the time, it was not even part of the plan. Well, not initially, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but it came about, and we were Mm. like, oh, we can do that instead, and that has nothing to do with the boat. Because the overall goal has always been, okay, there's the purchase of the boat and then there is the the expense sure all of the food. living expenses, expenses. Yeah. yeah yeah and then the goal has always been to try to cover, cover the cost every year right through some kind of income revenue so we were trying to figure out how to do that so then so then what we realized is we don't need to make money literally on the boat like that's not mm-hmm. necessarily what we need to be doing um, but you know, when you watch a lot of the videos and, and what you look at what other people are doing on boats, you kind of go, Oh, is that what we're supposed to be doing? Or should we do something else? But people do a lot of different things to make, you know, to bring in some other income. You know, I have some advisory positions that kind of cover it. So I think that's just a different way of doing it. And, um, it's helpful cause then we don't have to tap into savings or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, so that's good. So that kind of idea um, went to pass, but I did want to document what we were doing through these podcasts, not only to sort of remember them for myself later, but also if it was helpful to anybody on, you know, what we were learning and what mistakes we were making, I wanted that to be available to people, mm-hmm. you know, so which is why I kind of started this podcast in the first place, because I didn't feel like there was anything I can go to to understand what is it really like? Like, I can see the videos and they look nice and all, but that can't be really all that's going on. You know, like, what are the nuts and bolts? Like, how do you actually make this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that that was sort of the the kind of beginning of this podcast. And hope, hopefully it's helped people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, along yeah. the way. And our intention, you know, is to continue to share and continue to do these podcasts. We're starting season three now. And really the only difference is now you know our names and um, a little bit more about us and uh, I think you had an idea about people being able to give questions to see if yeah, they, I mean, you know, we don't know what to share really, actually. I think so. some people might listen to the podcast, like have started like recently. Maybe they didn't start at episode number one. Yeah. So maybe they have questions about who we are. Or, and yeah. uh, so feel free to ask questions, I guess, on the Facebook Facebook uh, page or we have a blog. Setting, uh, yeah. Sailing Owen. Mm-hmm. So our boat's name is Owen, A-W-E-N. You want to explain the meaning? Well, why don't you explain it since you <laughs> found the name? <laughs> so we had a really great idea. We were going to name the boat originally Geronimo, which we loved. Um, but we determined it was way too long to be able to spell out in the, you know, what's it called when you have to spell it out in the naval well, alphabet? What yeah. do you call that thing? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. A radio naval alphabet. <laughs> and so we said we set a rule. We were like, okay, the name needs to be meaningful, but it needs to be four letters, basically, or mm-hmm. less. And so... How do you spell our boat name? 
A W E N. I know, but <laughs> Alpha Whiskey Echo. Mm, November. November. <laughs> and so we wanted to be able to, you know, do it quickly and, and memorize it, which actually I, I haven't done yet, <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Awen is a, a Breton word, I guess, mm-hmm. from Brittany, mm-hmm. which means flowing inspiration, or it's also used to describe something that inspires you, like a muse. And I just loved that. Mm-hmm. And so that really spoke to us, and so that was the name. Mm-hmm. And um, so we have a blog. Uh, much of the blog is a lot of the content that um, I've been sharing on the podcast in written form. I haven't gotten to season two yet because I have to go through all the transcripts and make them blog, turn them into blogs. Um, it'll be a winter project. Yeah, it'll be a winter project. Um, and some other things, but you can catch us on email there, it, or email is just sailing Alwyn, no spaces, n- nothing, um, yeah. at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we have our Facebook page, actually, which is also Sailing Alwyn on Facebook. So that's a different page. And we post to that. That is the most up-to-date with all the pictures. We post pictures and stories daily to that um, because it's easy. And if you're not on Facebook, um, honestly, the sailing community is, if if you're not on Facebook, that is the one reason to join it. Mm. Is uh, If you can block everything else out of Facebook and just focus on the sailing communities and pages and the resources are are amazing and incredible. Mm We also have an Instagram channel, um, Sailing Owen, and uh, we post to that. We're not as good on that. No. Because we're old people, so we're on Facebook. (laughs) We need to be better on Instagram. Um, Yeah. But So the the idea was to document for ourselves, share with other people and what we're going through, and that might help other people. But also the goal is to hopefully build a little community so what really we're looking for when we're cruising is to meet other cruisers but also to meet local local people so as we move along if there are people who are you know listening to the podcast or join the, the facebook want to come on the boat yeah and then and then you like live nearby uh yeah reach to us because this is really what we're looking for is to to really connect connect with local people and connect with other cruisers so yeah and um even things like we we got certified for scuba diving but i think we have maybe a dozen dives or less even um so we have brand new tanks brand new bcd brand new you know equipment um that we put on the boat we have a we have a compressor which is awesome but you know we're not going to be able to dive alone by ourselves for a while so if anybody's interested in diving and or is well, certified like knowledgeable knowledgeable those but, are the things yeah yeah that, that would be like you know hey if yeah. you if you yeah. yeah if you are like a dive master and and then you enjoy sailing and you have cruising dreams and, and you've got and let's a, connect a week or and maybe two, yeah. we, you yeah. can learn about the boat and our life and we can learn from you yeah, like exactly. make sure we have our skills up to par for the you know diving and those might be like mutual interest yeah. you know things so. and that's not necessarily immediate because we have um, basically another month while we go over to Port Porto Montenegro which is where we're headed to winter the boat um, so we're getting ready to go through the Messina Strait. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've read Iliad and the Odyssey, um, you'll hear all about that. Um, and we're, we're going to do that. When are we doing that? This week or next uh, week? End of next week, we're going to look for 
window to cross the Messina Strait. There's like between winds and currents, you have to time it right. Yeah. So so that's something once we leave Stromboli that we're going to start to monitor uh, closely. Yeah. So in the next episode, hopefully we can talk about what our volcano was ex- experience was like because that's an active volcano, mm-hmm. and um, I'm a little scared actually because that was a big one that blew up last year. Mm-hmm. with all the videos of, of uh, yeah so knock on wood and um, we're other than that we're we're dodging jellyfish there's jellyfish surrounding our boat um, I won't get in but you've been in a few times and so yeah, hopefully uh, we've seen jellyfish but at times you know they, they might here be here in the morning but with the current or something they mm-hmm. move away so so hopefully um, mm-hmm. we've got away. a boat here going by so that's the noise um, that's what happens in crowded anchorages although it's not been yeah, that crowded it's actually crowded it's not all. too bad yeah, I mean, well yeah. there were more boats earlier they all left yeah. we came and they left like 9 30 <laughs> to 10 30 seems to be the time where people wake up and raise anchor yeah okay so um yeah so i think the thing the only other thing i want to say is i'm not really sure how i'm supposed to merge these these social formats now that we've sort of revealed ourselves um what i'll tell you is we're going to continue with the podcast covert castaway with sailing Allen, that's I guess how we're going to do it, and um, but I'll keep. I think in terms of what we're doing, what we're up to. If you want to know what we're doing on a day, day, or daily or weekly basis, it's going to be on our Facebook page, Sailing Allen. The blog post. I'm going to make an earnest effort to update and get that all up to par um, as of when we go back home and and do the, take that on as a winter project. Um, but it's. There's some other pictures on there and stuff that's kind of cool, but our Facebook page probably has better pictures. Um, and then Instagram, and then, yeah, give us a shout-out on email, even, sailingowen at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Fair winds for now.